What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show on the entire universe of fight podcast. This is episode 296 of the show. We are closing in on three bills. Holy shit. All right. Uh, today, you know what today is, man. Today is all things boxing, and I am joined, but not one, but two of my favorite people, man. I have none other then the guru, as always, on my All Things Boxing Show, B-Can-B. What it do? Yo, appreciate you having me. Happy to be back. We have a lot to talk about, so I'm really excited for today. Thank you. Absolutely, my brother. And also joining us on the day, it is the mystic one, Darnell. What's up, my brother? What up? It is Mick. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. No, I appreciate you guys for joining us. Aren't y'all like the, the, the brothers of combat? We are the brothers in fucking combat. We got to let them know. I'm trying to be like another brother in combat. That's what today is. Another brother in combat. That's 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 the episode A brother from another mother in combat. (laughs) Straight up. I love it. I love it. Well, look, uh, hey, how's the weather? Well, really quick, before we get into it, again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Everybody who's watching us live on Facebook. Everyone's watching us live on Twitch and on YouTube. I appreciate you guys. Yo, um, what we're going to talk about today on today's menu, we will talk about and break down everything that happened with the Tank Davis fight. We'll talk about Tank Davis versus Barrios. We'll talk about Lomachenko. We'll talk about what is going on in the rest of boxing with Guru's Corner, Bare Knuckle FC, and so much more. But before that, gentlemen, how you guys living? I got one in D.C., you know what I'm saying, over there, and you got the other one in Miami. Gentlemen, how, how's life treating you guys? Man, life is uh life is really hectic right now. I cannot hold you. Life is fucking hectic. Now I'm I'm about to go on, on a little vacation here, so I'll see y'all later. I'll talk know. to you like talk to you in two weeks. Uh, but oh okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's nice. But everything has been he- hectic. Like for the listeners, I just bought a uh, just bought my first home. It's a four family home, and so like it's my first foray into home ownership, but also being a landlord and. There's a lot of shit that I that just had to be done upon me moving in the house and just like, you know, a lot of things are times three and four. They're not just like what I need for me. They're what I need for all of the units. So, for example, I've spent like two bands on washers and dryers. So it's just like a lot of hectic shit going on. The AC is out right now. For whatever reason, there's not free on the AC units. Really grown people issues. So, like, it's been hectic. It, I just need a couple months to get everything flowing. But to answer your question, life has fucking been hectic this week. But well, you, you know, a, a I'm glad you're here, man. That, a break in all of that was this weekend. <laughs> Yo, this weekend, weekend was crazy. We had all the fights, and then I got my brother over here, the Mystic One, who is, you know, we know what he does in MMA. But my my man's, I heard you was all into it on the boxing this weekend. And I had everything open: my computer, my TV, every single thing to watch all the events, and they were all good. They all were exactly as uh, promoted. From fair enough to boxing to the MMA, the UFC event earlier in the day, from the PFL event on Friday, everything was amazing. That's awesome, man. Um, what's it called? How, how's the uh, life over there in Miami, man? Everything decent over there? <laughs> nice and rainy, nice and rainy, a lot of thunder, but it's okay. We're surviving out here. Sometimes we need a little rain to balance out that sun, so I'm not upset at all. Oh, well, that's good, man. Well, check it out. Uh, let, let's do. Let I'm gonna ask you guys. I'm, I'm, well, what are we gonna start with today? We gonna jump in, right into it. We get into shits, or, or or do you guys want to talk about all these fucking injuries happening in the NBA? <laughs> let's talk about the NBA. Let's, let's talk about NBA. Yo, yeah, yo, is Atlanta really gonna go to the chip? 
Be honest with me. So. Are, are the Hawks so. gonna make it? I it hope so. It, it, it's Trey Young. They're not playing tonight. Is is Trey Young gonna play? Because I think game, without the next game, without he might Trae, play the next game. Without yeah, Trey Young, clear. Without Trey Young and without Giannis, I feel like the Bucks are probably a better team. I don't know. They had, didn't have Trey Young. Night. He wasn't yesterday. Dude, and they, they went out there and blasted those and boys. And Giannis is left in the third quarter and they're beating them. They watched and Giannis they with, the, with the dramatic injury, though. I didn't watch them. Dude, watch they the were already down by like 20. Yeah, with Giannis oh. in the game. So Giannis went out in the third quarter with that, with that uh, knee injury or whatever it was. And then it does, didn't matter because they were beating them by 20. I don't know why they even tried to put it back in the game. If they're already losing by 20, they weren't coming back from that. Nah. Is going off. Damn. Dog, that's what I'm saying. So I can't. So if if it's like the Hawks versus the Bucks without the main star, at this point, I'm going with the fucking Hawks because Lou Williams, they're letting they they're they're letting Lemon Pepper Lou cook. And if you let Lemon Pepper Lou cook, fam, it's something special to watch. He, I I've watched the first few games this series. He hasn't cooked a lot. He must have got hot last game. But like I feel like well, the, it, it was his first start. Very it was his first start. It was his first oh. first ever playoff start. And if training the game, they're letting him start. So you know he's gonna cook. He's a great backup to Trey Young. For real, I feel like I have a lot of confidence. You got a lot of confidence in the way I'm sorry. Yes, you don't feel like you have a drop off. You can't. I wouldn't. The Knicks had to drag Derrick Rose through the whole series. You couldn't <laughs> play other, other, other just dragging Derrick Rose. Come on now. Atlanta got two fully functional point guards. I don't know what that's like. You know what I don't want to hear, though? I don't want to hear any of that complaining about, oh, the bubble, that's why they're injured. They came back fast. Listen, all these teams got bounced off pretty early. They had plenty of time to get themselves in shape. Look at James Harden. Had plenty of time, came out of shape, got injured. Same thing, Giannis. These bunch of guys who bounced out early and want to talk about oh, injury this, injury that. Be better on your off seasons, and then you wouldn't have this issue. But I don't know, man. Long. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like for, for teams like yeah, no, no, for no, teams no, like the Hawks, teams, I get it. You got bounced off early, like you're like. But everybody who's no, in, I, there's no reason for a lot of guys to get as injured as they did. Like they didn't have that much time because they got bounced out earlier, so they had time to recover. They did have more time. They had at least a month and change. Compared to LeBron when LeBron came back and any team that was in the finals, I don't know. I, I, I look at it, it's especially with this past season, the teams that were in the bubble. Now you're right. It, for teams like Atlanta and the teams that were had like eight months off, yeah, yeah fuck them. Like of course them. not. Like not them. But for teams that were like like the Lakers, like that should affected them. You know what I'm saying? Like teams like that, and even you know the Bucks. And if you're looking at it. I mean, James Harden and them, they they were in the playoffs. So at the end of the day, he even had like an abbreviated type of thing. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn for that one. That's like one thing I'm actually torn on. Um, what's going on in the West? Oh, y'all think Philly, uh, Phoenix closes this shit out? Uh, I, you can just really uh, tell with the Clippers. <laughs> like, you, you really never know. The Clippers yeah. just come out and like they also play when they want to. And late and down the series, they seem to play well. But I, you just feel like you're only going to get so many nights where Chris Paul doesn't just compose himself and get them one more yes. win to get into that finals. But Chris Paul, Chris Paul is falling apart himself. You know, he's a little bit older. I think Book really has to step it up. So he I, I know he said he, he came out the first game, had an amazing game, but he's, he's been very eh since then. I think he needs to come out, put on a dominant performance. And I think if he dominates, I think they can 
um, take it to the finals. They should. I think Phoenix takes it this year. I'm fucking pulling for Phoenix. But if it's Phoenix versus Atlanta, I think it's going to be fun as hell. I think that will actually be a legit ass fun, fun I finals. I want to see Trey Young in the finals because I know he's going to have fun with it. And he reminds me of old school players. He just, he's going for it. He's down. Oh, we down 15. Let's go. We're coming back. We're going to bring the whole team back. And he puts it on his back. You got to love players yep. like that. Yo, so be honest with me. I think I've asked you guys this before. I don't know if it was on the air or we talked like on one of the damn group chats we're in. Who got the better part of the trade? Was it the Mavericks or is it the Hawks? Remember that 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 uh, draft day Trey Young for Luka Doncic trade. Ooh. You know that's did y'all remember that question. that was that was on trade day they they got like the the Hawks picked <laughs> up fucking Luca the fucking Mavs picked up Trey and they traded them for each other on draft day so, who got the best of that trade you know what I'm gonna say here I'm gonna say they equally got the great great players because I don't know man they probably they probably did both get the best players for the yeah, franchises. It's diff- It's difficult to measure them. I actually think Doncic is probably the better all-around player, and I don't yeah. think would argue that he just has a better rounded game. Whereas yeah. obviously, Trey better rounded offensive game. I don't because uh, oh, well, he because because well, neither of them really play any defense. Point guards in the NBA don't really yeah. play defense. Right? Like, they play defense, <laughs> but like all the point guards, come on now, they they just <laughs> they get smoked. Like they they play well in the passing lanes, but like ball yeah. on defense, not at all. But either way, I think. Doncic is probably the better player for the Mavs franchise and where they've gone with just great white farm players over the years, just to keep it real. And Trey Young is much better fit for Atlanta. Hitting him, hitting him with the shimmy. Ooh, <laughs> you gotta love that. Yo, I, Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker little shimmy. <laughs> for real. Chicago's very own. I think this series has come back a little bit, but I really like his efficiency. I think he's like early on, especially early on in the playoffs, he, he takes smart shots. He knows when to pass the ball. Yeah. He he knows how to push the ball in key situations. Like I've noticed throughout the playoffs, whenever somebody gets like a big time playing a hog, that, that, dunk, that dunk to like cap off a 6-2, 8-2 run or something like that. The Hawks get the ball back up the floor really quickly. They don't, they don't put their heads down. They get the ball back up the floor and they get an easy basket because the other team is yeah. celebrating. And that can break up the run. And that's what made the Hawks special throughout the playoffs. And Trey Young is typically the one facilitating those. So it'll be fun to watch him um, finish out this series. Obviously, I think it'd be great for him to go to the finals. I think that'd be great for the city of Atlanta. But, you know, I I also don't know if I want to see the city of Atlanta take any more L's. I don't see it beating the Suns. And, uh, you know, they they don't, Georgia, UGA don't lost. They don't lost the Patriots a few years back. It's been tough. (laughs) And and they deserve something because they got us the election. That's that's, that's true. That's real. <laughs> yeah, hey, and, and COVID beat that ass too, so you know they need to win. Well, speaking of asses getting beat, holy shit, we had some fights this weekend, gentlemen. Um, l- let's not even beat around the bush. Tank Davis, yo, look, I let me look in the camera and say this. I've been hard on Tank. I've been very, we've been very hard on Tank. I've questioned a lot. But you know what? Man, buddy done done made me proud this weekend. Holy shit, Tank Davis goes out there, KOs um, Mario Barrios to become a three-division champion. And and honestly, the fight itself was incredible. It was a back-and-forth fight. I actually did have 
uh, Barrios winning the fight. Or I, I had him up by a round at the time of the stoppage. But gentlemen, uh, B, I'm going to throw it to you to kick it off. Did this fight go as you planned? And honestly, how was the fight going at the time of the stoppage for you? The I think Tank could take it over. I thought throughout the fight, Tank was landing the more impactful punches. and But his lack of activity through some of the rounds, obviously he was being a little bit more safe. He went up to weight classes and he did seem to understand the concept that he was two weight classes higher. He couldn't fight. Hey, normally fights. Why is that important? because he showed wrinkles. There's not a lot of fighters that can come and fight one way in one fight and then go out there and execute a whole different strategy for another fight. That's important to see for a guy like Tank. And in parts of the fight, he reminded you of Canelo. Walking down a guy using his, using great head movement yeah. that we really haven't, haven't seen before. Haven't had to see it at all. Making the adjustments at the right time, knowing how to hit the pedal at the right time and close the show. Um, I think overall, it was just a, a brilliant performance from Tank. I didn't necessarily expect i didn't expect that type of performance i expect tank to win but i probably expected more of a decision um i i, I just had never seen that that type of defense from tank before so that really impressed me mm-hmm. um his power was he was able to carry his power it wasn't as necessarily destructive but it was definitely there it was definitely apparent in the way that he closed closed the show um and he's excited he, uh, he understands so he understands the moment. He understands they want to knock yeah. out. He understands, you know, playing to the crowd, the backflip after the knockout. Like that was it, it in that black ass city for Tank being a, a very black boxing star. It felt like sort of a coronation. A real it, it was great. Darnell, man, what you think? Yeah, Tank had a moment uh, before the fight. I saw Barrios. I didn't know too much about him. You guys definitely probably know more about him, but I was just looking at size. This guy's way bigger than him. The size He's matter so all the time. Bigger. No, it doesn't, but I just saw his record. The people on his squad just like, man, this is going to be tough. First couple of rounds start. I'm like, man, I don't know how Tank's going to get around this. He's, he's starting kind of a little slow. Barrios is catching with the jab. This is going to be hard. This maybe Tank made a huge mistake doing this. And then Tank, of course, starts to just catch up to everything and just starts turning it on. And we'll talk about the Floyd Mayweather thing later, of course. But for me, it was my favorite Tank fight that I've watched because it was just so much excitement, especially from – that round from round what what round was that round uh eight six, or like eight, eighth eight round eight, yeah. eighth round man that was some of the most exciting bo- bo- uh rounds of boxing I've seen in, in a while from Tank because usually you watch these fights Tank is just dominating these guys knocks them out pretty quick but this was it showed you that he can go for a really long time against somebody that's way up in weight than him so then you think about it man then he could probably fight this person he could fight this person and this person too and it just opened that up as well. That's real, man. And I was because I was watching the fight. He took some big shots. He did take big shots, and he and he showed. So I'm like, oh, damn, he has a, he has a, he got a beard on him, so he can go up there and he can take the power. And the adjustments that he was making, the the fact that I mean, we all know that his uppercut is his, probably his best weapon, but to not go to the head and really start ripping it to the body to get the finish and like the way he did, he's. I didn't think I knew he had good fight IQ. I didn't think he had this good fight IQ because when I was thinking about all these up and coming dudes, we always talk about the the, the horsemen, right? We talk about Haney, Shakur Stevenson, uh, Loma, Teofimo. Not Loma, I'm sorry, um, Teofimo, and these guy and uh, and Garcia. We always think about them. I always think of Shakur Stevenson and Haney being the ones that are the most have the most boxing savvy. I, I looked at them as they're the, the most intelligent in the ring. And man, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually have to take a step back and reevaluate that. 
Tank might, I mean, I'm not saying he's better than Shakur, but I think because Shakur is just a little bit more defensive, but they might be right there. He literally might be right there. And that's something really to see, man. It was a beautiful thing. But in terms of the adjustments, and this did happen throughout the fight, and I want to get your guys' opinion on it. Tenth round. Obviously, the eighth round's coming. We we saw what happened. Ninth round, fucking Barrios comes back. Lands a couple big shots. Definitely ends up winning the round. Mayweather, in the break of the next round, goes out there and actually tells Tank, yo, fam, unofficial scorecard, you're fucking down. I'm just here to tell you the truth. That's what happens. I didn't personally have a fucking issue with it. At the end of the day, that's his fighter. People are yelling shit all the time. But some people did have an issue with it. D, I'm going to start with you, fam. Did you have an issue with this? Is this fair or foul in your opinion? That personally, and from watching combat sports, is not fair. Can you imagine somebody sitting there and you have your coaches that you have to have to go to the commission to make sure that you can be in somebody's corner, right? And sure, you, you have do. to do a whole application, you do. right? You absolutely okay. do. And a whole be, whole process, yes. I've after three guys that I choose, and all of a sudden, my dad comes to me and tells me something. Of course, that's going to make me, like, you know, put a rage in me. Just like, I'm going to do this. Not saying for me whether it's his dad, but it's somebody important to him. And I can tell him something like an unofficial scorecard. Come on, you can't say stuff like that. That's almost cheating, in my opinion, because you know how many fighters would love to know what a scorecard is so they know if they can turn it that's on? That's real. No. That's real. I feel like Floyd breaks a little bit too much uh rules because of who he is and i don't think they should allow that okay Be what put you in, or put in a rule book put in a rule book to show somebody scores before that something like yeah. that but i don't i don't, I don't oh, like it I, until it's legal i am so down for like the, the scorecards being shown like twice a fight in boxing i think it should be done i think fighters should know what's going on the this whole bull and i think that it would be amazing because it would hold fucking judges accountable because if they're judging their scorecards are right there for everybody to see and you put some bullshit out there and then the whole crowd boos there's a face to it instead of having this bullshit at the end where you put this bullshit decision out and you run away but that's a totally different topic for a totally different day oh uh, totally, totally different and it's a legit fucking topic you know but uh b what, what were your thoughts on this was is this fair or foul in your opinion fair fair game and you know no, no offense to Mystic, but I feel like that was a very, very MMA fan opinion. And here's why. MMA fights, I often see, like, it, they're heavy on the no coaching thing. Like, when things happen, when yeah. stops in the fight happen, they're very heavy on the no coaching, despite the fact that they just be yelling shit all throughout the rounds. Boxing, like, it does happen occasionally, but there, I don't yeah. feel like boxing is a sport where they're as heavy on the no coaching thing in the corners. Like, when things happen, maybe the the... the, the trainer get something with their fighter maybe they don't i think it's a little bit different because they're going to see them within three minutes not five and they have a lot more of those breaks to work with um it's been done before i've seen it done before it's been done with mayweather and his father you've seen clips of that i think there should be more of that honestly in the corner now tank was actually up on the scorecards that was just the unofficial and that anybody's it could be anybody's unofficial scorecard mayweather could have his own scorecard the trainer can have his own scorecard so i I think that type of honesty is necessary in the corner hey it looks like you're down right now you need to turn it up you need to finish it there are a lot of guys that go to the corner and the trainer's giving them lip service hey you're doing well nine nine rounds later they're down in the fight they're looking for a knockout but they don't know how to get it and you know how do they get a nine round hole because your trainer's not being honest with you he was honest with him he needed that and what did he do he went out there and got the finish. Vargas could have got that same message. Doesn't mean he could have gone out, go out there and executed. Yeah. The fact that yeah. he was able to go out there and execute means that hey, it worked. Yeah. Like I, like I said at the top, I, 
I didn't have a problem with. And it's funny. I didn't, I honestly didn't think about the MMA fan like perspective of it because I got, but in thinking about that, MMA and boxing are very different in that. And that's probably why I didn't have as much of an issue with it because I've watched so much fucking boxing and I see them do it all the fucking time. Everybody in boxing is just something that just happens so much in boxing. I didn't think anything of it, but you're right in fucking MMA. Don't, don't you talk to them. Don't you fucking say shit. Get away from there. No coaching. And they're really fucking hard on it in MMA. And it's, it's which really they, interesting. Which they have done it before. Remember when Kevin uh, Holland was talking to Habib and Habib is like, yeah. screaming something, or Dan Cormier is telling guys to do stuff. When Absolutely. They're the like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but like do right. something to make it legal in some se- in some sense. That's all. That's all I ask. Because just try to make things fair in some sense of the way. I, I guess it's happened in boxing a lot in the past. Now that I'm thinking about it, but just because mm-hmm. it happens a lot doesn't mean it's okay. I hear you. No, no it makes sense. Well, look, let me ask you guys this, because th- adjustments aside, and the fact that we were able to see him not only make adjustments from the beginning of the fight where he couldn't fucking get on the inside. Figuring out a way to get on the inside, figuring out how to eventually break down his opponent, utilize his power because at that weight class, he doesn't have that same one punch knockout power. But what the fuck he does have is enough, enough damaging power that you can tell it was starting to bother Barrios. You can you can visibly see it. It was moving him. You know what I'm saying? Every time it hit him at, at first, he was wearing it well. And it wasn't, nothing was like really like penetrating. When it hit him, he kind of like, okay, and they kept on walking through. But after a while, you saw him like really reacting to all the shots, things to the body. Even when he was landing on the arms, you saw that shit kind of affecting him. So with the adjustments from there and hearing coaching and be able to adjust on the fly, finishing an opponent of the level that the caliber that Barrios is, and for everybody who does not fucking know, Barrios is a fucking dog. He is one of the best in the world. He is no slouch. This is an amazing step up in competition. Dude is a savage for what he absolutely did. I've never had Tank in my top 10. B, Mystic, is Tank in your top 10 now? Nah. I can understand. It's a no for me too. (laughs) I I can understand why you would want to put him in your your top 10. He definitely has accolades, but there's too many. For me, he obviously passed the eye test. Yes. But there's too many guys in and around his weight that he's sort of avoiding. And I can't ignore that. Wait, while hold, on, not, hold on, hold on, wait on. Let me make sure we get to, yes, tell the people what you think. My issue with putting, the, putting Tank in the top 10, there are too many guys in and around his weight classes in which he's avoiding. Like, okay, he was at 130. He could have went to 135. There's a lot of big fights there. you got Tia Fimo, you got Ryan Garcia, you got Vasily Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, you have Devin Haney. At 140, you had an undisputed champion in Josh Taylor, and you went after a, a regular champion, not even a real champion, in Mario Barrios. Now, was it a good Rougarou. fight? Absolutely. Rougarou. Yeah, but, I mean, was, it a, was it a good fight? Absolutely. But does it put him top 10 for me? No, because those matchups are important and it seems like Tank is continuing to duck them. And so I can't just measure him on the eye test and he isn't giving me what I need on the resume side. So Mario Barrios is amazing win. Maybe top is Tank is probably top 15, I could say. But 10 for 10, that's kind of sacred. You got to really earn it. And you can say he shows it and he looked good, but did he earn it? Nah, there's there's some dogs out there right now. I just don't yeah. think there's room for him in that top ten. What you what you think, man, Mystic? 
Uh, so you said no. no. Also, why, 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 why do you have? Why are you saying no? No, not in my top ten. I can probably name you my top ten in boxing right now. Um, but my thing is, I think about it in this way: when Mike Tyson was that guy, everybody wanted to watch. He was knocking all these people out. He wasn't knocking out guys who were up there in that top ten. He didn't fight. He, he, and when he fought those guys, he had a problem with them. So now we need to see Tank against these kind of guys. Then we can start talking about him in a top ten yeah. kind of, uh, and, and put him in the pound for pound list. Absolutely. No, I, I think this gets this fight absolutely gets him in the conversation. He, he's conversation, beaten a yeah. couple do yeah, it gets him in the conversation. That's the perfect response. Yeah, that, that, that's what I think about him for this one. But it goes back to something that we, the three of us, especially, have discussed, and and I've I've went on rants about this. It's that in boxing, not enough top people are fighting other elite fighters. It doesn't happen often enough. And it drives me up a fucking wall. He finally fought one. But Brandon, you just put it out there also. There's a list of fucking killers he's absolutely avoided to this point. And which brings us into our next point where Brandon, I actually want you to kind of talk about this a little bit is some of these people are just saying, if you're on the other side of the street, I'm not even messing with you. It's not even something that I'm even curious about. Events versus belts. Mayweather made a couple of things, made a, a couple comments about it. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because I mean, you you had some amazing things that I wanted you to get out earlier. My thoughts is that PBC does an amazing job at promoting fighters, where they can have the ability to elevate somebody to a, a, a top ten, top five ranking because they're they become such a big draw without necessarily having the resume to back mm-hmm. it. But they're good at that. That's what a good promoter is supposed to do. And these events are exciting. Tank yeah. in Atlanta, that environment was wild. It was a, it was dope to see. So, Pay-per-view, I, I, I didn't see the numbers, but I wouldn't doubt that it sold def- decently, maybe like 300,000 buys, which I think is fine. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's always going to be a place for events like this, but you can also make fence, uh, events fighting the top fighters. And I think at the end of the day, the hardcores, they're going to pay more attention to belts because that's what we know. We understand. It's really kind of difficult for a casual fan to understand the belt structure in boxing. It's crazy. It, 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 but at the end of the day, as we, we saw from our guy, you know, Al, Al Davey that we spoke to last week, the dollars count. Dollars and me as a hardcore fan, I want to see someone go after the belts. I want to see Undisputed. I want to see the best fight the best. But the boxers are always going to go for those dollars. And that's why events matter. Yeah. Um, Darnell, what are your thoughts on this, man? Because, again, you, you will do, even though you are a big <coughs> boxing fan, I'm not telling you, like, taking that away from you at all. But, again, coming from the MMA <laughs> side and having more of that perspective for me, in your mind, when you look at this, what do you feel is more important? Is it events or the belts? Because we're starting to get some of this shit creeping in the MMA. It's it's very as soon as I had as soon as I heard Floyd say that I wanted to bang my head against a wall because this has been always the biggest problem I have with boxing. Too many promoters. These guys are not finding these guys, and now I feel like he just did this to even spread out even more because he doesn't want to promote the other guy because they're not in the same promotion. Yeah. It's just too much, too many belts. It's very annoying. It needs to, they need to come together and unify all these things so it can be more clear because I don't know who the WBO. BBC, DP3, ABC, all these belts everywhere. They got to get that. They got to get that together in some state of the way. So I guess for me right now, I'm not even thinking about belts when I'm watching these fights. I'm thinking about more the events. 
honestly, because Man. I'm not Man. sure exactly who has what or where, what is where. I'm just happy to, to see. Huh? It's hard it's to follow. Hard to yeah. Follow. I'm just That's happy to so see crazy. certain guys fight each other. That's the most important to me thing. Important thing to me right now when I'm watching boxing. And I think I think that's a big difference between PBC and yeah. top rank. I think PBC is a little bit more concerned with putting on events and getting their yeah. fighters in lucrative situations, where top rank seems like they do want to go a little bit more towards the belts and unification, unifications and undisputed belts. However, at the end of the day, top rank fighters are unhappy. <laughs> They're unhappy. They still can't make a lot of the big fights happen because they can't cross the street anyway. So I mean, facts. It, it's always going to be boxing. It's not MMA, but MMA fighters don't have this opportunity. So they, they're underpaid. And that's a whole other issue because of the risk mm. these fighters are taking every time they step in the ring. Yep. Well, you know what? I, I'm actually glad that again, we're just going to veer. And it didn't, it, yo, this is all things boxing, but just because we're kind of in the same topic and it's fun, fuck it. We, let's go ahead and jump across the street, talk a little MMA for a second with that same kind of vein, because I want to ask you guys, and I know I wrote this down. Oh, did fuck it ready to go? Oh, well. Now, right back. I, well, look, Francis Ngannou is no longer fighting for the title coming up. We have Derek Lewis fighting against uh, Cyril Gain in, for an interim heavyweight championship. For those who do not know, Francis Ngannou won his belt three months ago. And they're already putting it up. Pretty much they throw it up for grabs. Like, fuck it. You're not fighting what we want you to fight. Darnell. I'm going to throw it to you first. This caught me completely off fucking guard. I think the same way it probably caught Francis Ngannou off guard. <laughs> Yo, what are your thoughts on this, man? Like, and, and is this the right move? First of all, I'm very confused in a sense of, and I said this last year on my show, I wanted Francis Ngannou to beat Stipe because I felt that he would be a more active champion. Stipe Miocic was a guy who fought once a year. Literally yeah. once a year, Stephen yeah. Miocic fought. Did they ever strip yeah. him or make him into or do interim championship? No. Nope. Francis Ngannou had a time where he was beating guys within 20 seconds, three within four or five months. He beat these guys, and it's just like you know what? You got to put a belt on him or something. We got he has to be fighting for a belt. He had to sit out eight to nine months before he even got a title shot. Francis Ngannou is not a young 25 year old. Francis Ngannou is like what 34 or 35 right now? 35, 35, 35 now. years, 35 years yeah. old. So your time with him is not going to be super long, you know? He's a, he's a heavyweight. But I don't understand what is going on in the business mindset with Dana White and the UFC or Hunter Campbell. They're saying that it's him. And I don't understand why these things are being public in a sense of Dana White is commenting, commenting on an Instagram post against Francis Ngannou's agent, uh, Markel Martin. Shout out to him for speaking his mind and not Absolutely. being afraid to talk to him. Dana White. Because there's been a lot of guys who will not say anything, who kiss Dana White's ass your your Ali's your uh, any other any other agent you can you can name an MMA to be completely yep. honest that would yep. never talk against Dana White and Marco Martin went out there and he said what he needed to the UFC Absolutely. this is going to affect the UFC a lot and more than mm. people think because you cannot do these things to guys who who are global superstars like Francis Ngannou is I'm yes. not mad at the Cyril Gain and Derek and uh, Derek Lewis uh, match I I want to see that fight that's going to be a very good fight yeah. to be completely honest Absolutely. But there's yeah. no reason if your champion is not injured or not able to defend his title for him not to be included in that matchup just because he wanted it in this a month later. One month later, he wasn't asking to fight in December. September, which he accepted, and they showed it. He accepted that that day. Yep. And because the UFC needed a main event, which they had already, 
with Amanda Nunes, who is the greatest female fighter of all time. Of all time. Three headlining cards. We're just yes. on my birthday, August 7th. I don't understand why they didn't, they didn't have birthday. her be that. that that's that's my mom's birthday. Hey, it's a good day. It's, it's a, a very day. good day. It's a day. But yeah, that's that's just crazy to see. I'm I'm very perplexed and confused about the situation. I think it's awful. I, I think everything you said is fucking spot on. Uh, and, and it really speaks ill of the business of MMA and how the UFC treats these athletes. And and then in the same fucking day, we have an, a UFC fighter putting up a GoFundMe to help her fucking to, to help her get through fucking camp. And guess who comes fucking Captain Saveho and save, well, save the well, fucking well. day? Jake Paul comes out here and throws her fucking five racks. He <laughs> <laughs> throws her fucking five racks. Five, five racks, five racks and a retweet. Remember, Drake Paul has retweet. got a lot of followers. Yes. And if you look at that, that retweet, retweet money. Yeah, somebody on there donated $25,000. I don't know who she is, but donated $25,000 on that. I'm sure if he didn't retweet Duh. that, he wouldn't have got that. But You know what I'm saying? So think about with like... Jake Paul is doing more for fighter pay than anyone in MMA. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? This shit is crazy. And you know what? <laughs> Dog, and the fact that Brandon, you and I have had discussions and arguments back and forth about MMA and boxing and what I pay. And you know what, bro? I have no fucking argument. This is absolutely fucking asinine what's happening with the UFC and what Dana's fucking doing. The fact that, and this is what I think really fucking got me. Because you remember, these motherfuckers just went public, right? It is literally baked, written in to the business plan that we will not pay the fighters more than this much. And they told their shareholders that. And they put that out there for the world to see. And when you see that, they're like, they're not budging. They're not going to budge. So the only thing that's going to change this shit, and, and I, I've said this time and time again, MMA fighters, this isn't up to the media personalities. This isn't up to me and, and, and Mystic and, and the guru. It, it's not up to us. It's not up to fucking Brendan Schaub and Luke Thomas and them. Fam, in area Hawani, y'all got to do something about this. The fighters have to band together and unionize and do something. Otherwise, guess what? We're going to have nothing's going to fucking happen. It's just crazy. It's not that simple. It, it's a lot easier for a guy like Francis Ngannou to take take a stand. And I do believe, and we'll talk about this a little I bit understand later, it. that fighter, fighters should stand for what they believe in. That's what made Absolutely. guys like Ali such amazing figures, that even if yes. it hurt them, they were able to stand for what they believe in. But yes. you're asking broke people to put themselves in positions. No, no. What I'm asking, may, what I'm asking they, for is the fighters that. that actually do have the 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 means and the the fucking counters and shit of the world. If they're on the fucking train to sit there and say, "I can help motherfuckers out. I can make sure we can sit there and, and float these mugs enough time." And the people that are actually doing it with their sponsors and everything else, they can generate enough fucking stuff around it. So it's the people at the top actually have to sit here and help the dudes at the bottom. So the dudes at the bottom aren't sitting there just thirsty for it. Because you're right. If the, the, the people who need to eat are going to fucking do what they got to do. It I love what just, y'all doing, it, but I got to eat. 
it's just difficult because you expect like a guy like Conor McGregor who's earned all that money on his own with his shit talking. I understand. And when he was able to take it at boxing, cash out in the match for Floyd Mayweather. Yep. He's now supposed to pay the employees of an entire organization because their shit is set up set up I'm in a bad way. Pay, I'm not saying pay him like lot. that, but there's means and the way that these people could end up helping him. And again, I don't have the fucking answers, obviously, but. It's it's a, it has to be a collective fucking effort. Everybody has to pitch in. The ones at the fucking top, the ones at the bottom. Motherfuckers are gonna have to sacrifice it either way. I mean, and that's the also- only way anything is gonna happen with this shit. Otherwise, guess what? We can sit here and keep doing sitting around, and Dana gonna keep getting what he wants. And the UFC or Hunter Campbell, whoever the fuck is the one doing it, I, I have no idea. But they're I mean, not gonna end up, make, you know, it's like I don't know. This also feels kind of racist, big time. It's very much so. This was not an issue. This was not an issue. Francis had to patiently wait years while Stipe fought a DC three different occasions to get another shot at the title. And, 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 and while he was running, you know, wrecking shop on everybody, it, it just it feels racist. Really it fucking it racist. feels racist because it is. <laughs> it's just wild. But this I mean, he gave, so he's, also giving, he's also giving Derek Lewis the title shot, so I don't know. But, but I mean, at the same time, my, my biggest thing is you can't mix business and emotions. You have to have a clear mind. I don't think you can make business exactly. decisions off of like trying to spite somebody. You have to make a, the best business decision feels very spiteful what Dana White is doing. And I don't think that's good business practice. And Dana White, and just like you just said it right there, B, Dana White's one of the most emotional guys when it comes to business, yes. business transactions. It's Daniel Cormier has openly spoke about it before on his, on his show that he had with Ariel. Dana White is that kind of guy. When you ask him for more money, he would literally go in a room and scream just because he's so pissed and he's asking for more money. He's an emotional guy. It's not, it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know. I feel like, as much as Dana White has done for the UFC in a year or two or something like that, he's probably going to have to step down because too much of this is happening and it's getting crazy. Yeah, it's so evident now. Yeah, ain't, ain't nothing a little sex scam can't take care of. Oh man! Hey, if you remember, Brandon Brandon uh, Schaub said, "Hey, me and the water Eskimo brother." He said, "Eskimo brother." Dana White never said one thing about Brandon Schaub after that. Not one word. <laughs> Bad. B, do you know who he the, the alleged person is? Is that Ronda Rossi? That's right. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, it's spicy. Very spicy. Yeah, very spicy. But look, I, I think it's awful. And, and 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 MMA fighters absolutely are not getting paid what they deserve. And and how far have we fucking fallen from fucking the, we thought we were going to get Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. Yeah. And then, then we went to Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis. And then we all said, okay. No, it's still gonna be good. I like it. I like it. I fuck with it. Okay. And then now we got this fucking interim shit. And look, Misty, you said it. Amazing fight. Amazing fight. Cyril Gain versus Derek Lewis. In Derek Luce's hometown, fantastic. I love it. Just not for the interim ship. What the fuck is happening? Makes no sense. Makes no it sense. makes no sense. It also like oddly plays in John Jones' favor. Like, look, I told you he was tripping. It does. Like it's not it's not just me. It's now the guy I was supposed to fight. He also has issues with the UFC. 
So everyone looks at me when I'm crazy, but look, look at this now. Look what's it's happening. Not, it's not just me. And a lot of a lot of people have issues with Dana White, but it's easy for him to just you know twenty four hour news cycle. You make another big fight, people forget about it. But I mean, this is sticking thing. around. This, this, not this Adam, is he's, the heavyweight he's not Adam Silver. He's not Adam Silver. Hey, no, he is not. not no, he is not. Not even <laughs> fucking close. You know, to, total side total side note. Speaking of other other sports, you know, it was so sad for me. Like was that? watching Serena break down yesterday. Oh, like, man, she was just man. like oh, she was. It, it was literally like watching retirement in motion. It, mm. she was oh. like piece by piece. She was just. She, we already knew she was old, but like piece by piece, her body just broke down in front of her eyes. <laughs> like the tires just fell off. But that, that grass was so slippery because it kept raining. So that it was never like, especially at her age, she could have done that when she was younger. She probably would have played on that. But at her age now, that's too risky. She'll tear something, something will go wrong because it kept raining and they had to keep stopping. Rain stopped. And for, for grass, you know, grass, you can dry it as much as you want, but it's still going to have that moistness to it. And she couldn't play on it. It was, it was Dog, when she fell, her shit, like her, her, her body broke down like the axle in my fucking Jetta back in college. That shit looked terrible. Like it just like it, it, I felt so bad watching her like slowly hit the ground like that. She's a legend, man. It, it, it's, it's just that time. It was the ending of a movie. It was so fucking dramatic. And granted, I know she was in a lot of pain, but it was mad dramatic. Like she was just like, oh, and like a big, big cry. Go down. <laughs> But I'm gonna go to the back and come back and have this Paul Pierce moment and just come get my flowers <laughs> just to do all of this shit. Just to do all of this shit right over. She was just being mad. She deserves, dramatic. She and, and she's dramatic. She's a fucking she's a fucking goat. But I mean, shit, let's call it call it. As we were watching drama, like it was, you know, tennis commentators, they, you know, they already get to act a little bit more dramatic. And you know, she's coming oh back to make this. I can't turn. believe what's happening. But she had a fucking cast on. Go home. She had a cast on. Bro, you got a daughter. Go home. Jim. That's how good. That's how good she is. She feel like she can beat all these girls with just one leg. So. And she probably can get close to it. But I mean, really good, right? come on, man. There's, there's a limit on some of this stuff. Ah, uh, man. I hope. I hope she uh, comes back. Though. I hope she comes back healthy. Take your take the year off. She doesn't need to come back as I soon as possible. Year off. I mean, but let's be honest, though. This is what happens to all of our legends, man. If you stick around long enough, yeah, you know what I'm saying. When you stick around long enough, no matter who you are, you're. It's just gonna, you know, you're just gonna go, man. I mean, unless you're fucking Anderson Silva boxing, I have no idea. Everybody else looks like they're just going out there. Uh, but look, let, let's go back to some boxing real quick because I do have to shift gears because there was somebody else at lightweight that I think a lot of people must have forgot about. I don't understand why, but they must have. But the Matrix, Vasily Lomachenko goes out there and fucking destroys. Nakatani, ninth round TKO. Gentlemen, before we even get into that question that's right there before you, yo, <laughs> yo, how'd you guys feel watching Loma be Loma? Like, he's, it's like, that's, that's art, bro. I love I, that shit. Can I just paint the picture? I know this is a most podcast. So, Loma no. Chico goes, goes in there against um, Mashioto, I think his name is, Nak- Nakatani. And Nakatani, why is he known? He's known because he gave Tiafimo a really tough time and he was supposed to be a guy that, that he rolled over. Then, you know, he gave, he gave a tough time. 
wins a couple fights, then it gets in there against Felix Verdejo, who was one of top ranks, top prospects, top prospects at the time. Felix Verdejo puts him down twice early, and then he comes back late and gets the knockout. Now, so, I mean, he's a tough, tough fighter. Tiafimo, I'm sorry, Lomachenko coming off a loss. He goes right into that tough fight, right into the fire, and he reminds you exactly why he was number one in our pound for pound list. He reminds you that there's levels, and hey, even though Tiafimo struggled with him, that's not me. I don't have these struggles. This is the level that I'm at. And this is why I deserve a rematch. And I'm going to remind every, I'm not going to wait to remind you guys and take a low level fight and say, hey, I beg for a rematch. I'm going to take a top guy. I'm going to dismantle him because that's what the Matrix does. And I'm going to ask for my rematch. Dude, Darnell, what, what, I mean, you, you were hype on this one too. What did you think? Just t- what, what were your thoughts in this one? Paint a picture. Where, where were you when this happened? I can't paint a picture that B just painted right there. I can't follow that up. But <laughs> but uh, Lomachenko, which I don't understand why they don't call him the Matrix, like as his nickname when they when they introduce him. If you guys can tell me about that, I don't know why they do they the Lomachenko. They should. I don't know why they don't either. No, they do. They did Vasily Loma Lomachenko. No, not even high tech. None of it. They just did Loma. I guess maybe he asked for that. But anyways, I was yeah. so just yeah, very yeah, impressed, especially seeing. You know, another matchup to where the uh, the other guy was way taller and way bigger than him. It's like, man, is this like the weekend trend or something that's happening right now? And seriously, he, and he started that match so fast compared to when he fought Teofimo, where he started a little exactly. slower, didn't pick it up until later on in the rounds. No, he was fast off the top, and he finished fast as well. It just showed you that he is once again ready for that title back. Uh, Teofimo's dad was there and said, "You know what? That needs to happen again after they fight." I don't know if he's bullshitting, but. 100% like I am I need to see that I need to see a part two of that and I know if Vasily goes into there the way I he feel like we got Robin in part one. one yeah we got I Robin really I like too yeah yeah for yeah. sure and, and it was the part one even pay-per-view it wasn't pay-per-view right nah but part two nah. Be if part yeah, two has to be pay-per-view get some more money in these guys pockets that they deserve and more recognition for the amazing boxing that they put together in that ring oh I'm telling you right now if Loma starts off because that was the issue with the first fight with Tiafimo. He started so slow. It, it didn't make sense how slow he started that fight. He didn't get good. And, that, and, like, and by the time he finally got going, it was just too little too late. Well, allegedly he was hurt. So he hurt yeah, his shoulder. He hurt his shoulder in, the, in, in that second round. He had, he had hurt it a couple weeks before in training. He felt it in that second round. And then mm-hmm. for a while he was just moving and he was worried about his shoulder. And I believe right. in the seventh round, he's like, I'm losing this, the fight and just threw caution to the wind. And so he decided that, hey, I'm going to pick it up and shit. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to leave it out there. And that's what the second half of the fight looked like. So they, they did a little build up to this fight where they spoke about it a little a bit more. Well, let me ask you guys, is this the fight that we get next? If Tiafimo gets through his fight, uh, we, we all expecting him to. But is this the fight that's happening next? So Tiafimo recently renegotiated his contract with top rank, you know, probably gets a little bit, a few better paydays and whatnot. The issue is, I, I think, especially with Tiafimo's dad there, that was no accident. He was there for a reason. They seem to build and hint and talk about the rematch a lot during the broadcast. They know it's what a lot of us want. I think the issue is going to come down to if um, Tiafimo's going to be able to make 135 again. I know, you know, I, I just don't, I think when the fight was in June, was, I always felt like, I'll, go, I'll say this, I've always felt like Tiafimo it's going to be very difficult for him to make 135 outside of 2021. 
And when this fight was scheduled in June, okay, maybe he can squeeze in one more 135 appearance. Mm -hmm. But with the fight being moved now allegedly to September, and I don't know if TVM is good yet. I've heard a few people wish him well. Like, it seems to be really struggling with COVID. I'm not sure if he's going to struggle with it. His dad said he's 100% better now. Okay, well, that's great news. So, but I mean, I, I've heard a bunch of people wish him well. So he has to come back well from COVID. Guys like Jamel yeah. Herring, it wasn't always that easy. And, you know, nice. we can see what the virus can do to you. Jamel Herring looked terrible in one fight, amazing in his last fight. So yeah. I think it's going to come down to the weight. It's going to come down to if he makes a full recovery and if he can make the weight. And that is, a, is it, I don't think that's easy because he's not going to come into that Lomachenko fight drained. Right. Oof, man. I, I'm i just thinking about, and we're just like, we're talking about his fight with Cambosis coming up. I, obviously, I don't expect this to happen at all, but dude, could you imagine if he fucking took an L because he wasn't fully recovered? How crazy would that be? I don't think it's impossible. Like that, so it's not, no, it's a dude can fight. I don't want people to think that Cambosis can't I, fight. Cambosis is good, undefeated dude himself. He can fight. Probably more likely than Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though I do we did we pick Ruiz in that fight? But I'm not gonna stop. I feel like I picked I, I feel like I picked against Joshua every fucking fight just until I got one. I think I just got lucky. <laughs> I think like, I got one. I told y'all. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that fight they, they that fight ends up happening and of course on pay-per-view. But Teofimo struggled to make weight. He made he struggled to make 135. He struggles struggles to make that weight. It's it's really, really difficult. So he's never missed weight, but like Mm -hmm. if you follow him, you know it's been really difficult for him to make that weight. And for the last couple of years, it's been having a sidewalk like weight cuts, though. It's not like that. Oh, okay. okay, okay. It hasn't been an issue, but he's he's mentioned how tough it's been for him. And that's one of the things he said in the Nakatomi fight was the weight cut uh, affected him. So he he got with the nutritionist after that. He's been a little bit better, especially for fights like the Lomachenko fight. But he's a growing boy, as they say. Like he's just a growing kid. He's getting yeah, older. I don't know how old how Tiafima Lopez is currently 24? 24? Um, 23. 23. 23. 23. He, he's literally a growing, so he's naturally growing. He's yeah. destined for 140. Likely 147 one day because that's where all the guys go. There's an undisputed champ at 140, so who's also with top rank. So there's fights there. He does have mm-hmm. options if he wants to go up. And I mean. If I'm Tiafimo, I mean, he has to be really chasing, chasing greatness because he beat Lomachenko. I would have t- took that ram, but <laughs> let me ask you this. Does, does, does Loma wait for that title trial or does he fight somebody in between to keep active? I think Loma. I think Loma has a time limit on these things. Loma is a very yeah. you know calculated individual. He'll probably yeah. say, "Hey, I'll wait till now. If the fight's not made by now, then I can move on with my career at 135." But yep. initially, I think he planned to win that fight and then go down to 130 because I think he's a naturally probably 126er. So he's fighting a couple weight classes up. He'll stay at this point. I think he'll he'll stick around as long as Tiafimo's there. But I mean, he's gonna start. Loma, check out the active. What about no, no, no. Uh, what no. about a Loma versus Tank? Is that possible? No, it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. It, it, it's it's we he's, won not, it. he's not a PVC guy. We won oh, it, God. um, but it's not gonna happen. Yeah, uh, it, it would just it it'd be great. Yeah, it, it would be an it'd amazing. Be, it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be, it, it'd fight. be so that would be a legitimate pay per view like blockbuster if they could actually make that fucking thing happen. It would be That's so fine. incredible. Take, take my money. Yeah, whatever you need, take it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Straight up. Like, this is crazy. But 
yeah, unfortunately we won't get it. And that's the unfortunate news about, about the, uh, you know, about boxing um, real quick, because we don't got that much time left, but I want to get in a quick guru's corner. And before we get to guru's corner, I, I, I there was the, more boxing that happened this weekend, just a little bit of the bare knuckle type. So I want to start out with Darnell, bro. What were your thoughts on this weekend's bare knuckle FC, man? Uh, bare knuckle pull on an event here down here in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, it started late. There was some rain delay, which makes no sense because it's an indoor arena. I know Bare Knuckle has some, a lot of things going on behind the scenes, especially production wise. I've been in that place before. I've been to one of their events, events before. They always have that issue. They end up starting an hour late, which Jesus. a lot of, a lot of their, thank God, a lot of their fights in the beginning, which I mean, thank God, this sounds bad, but there was a lot of guys who they never fought Bare Knuckle before. I think they took these guys off the street and like, you know what? You're going to fight. I've never seen so many 10 to 20 second knockouts on one card ever in my life in the first five to six fights. So you've been to these in person? Yeah, I've been to them. I've been to them in person. I watched one bare knuckle event. I was like, gosh, this is vicious. Yeah, I'm I did one. I did one with uh, with Burt Watson. I helped him coordinate one uh, in Miami. And when you see those guys come back and the the lacerations they have on their face they they all look like curvy and then i think sometimes they don't feel certain things until a little later on because one guy had a cut and he looked a little wobbly he's like no i'm fine i turned my head and i looked around and he passed out from what whatever blow he took to the head because there's no gloves knuckles to to their head but yeah bare knuckle put on this event the same guy that fought uh chad johnson and on that mayweather card maxwell maxwell he fought on that card he got knocked out uh and then there was a lot of former UFC, former Bellator guys fighting on the card as well. Some really good fights. Gonzalez, Chicago, really, really good. I didn't think she would, but she adjusted to that very well. She was patient, took her time. And then we had something yeah. happen in the co-main event to where they let one of the fighters come into the ring and get in Hector Lombard's face. And Hector Lombard punched him twice, which I get it. He's in his moment. He just won a title. And this guy's getting super close to his face. I feel like bare knuckle FC is either letting these things happen because they want it for more marketing purposes to get their name yes. or whatever is it is. Charge with anything? The, that was nothing. No, nothing, nothing at all. Let that shit rock. They let it rock, and then in the and in the main event, the same thing happened again. So I'm not understanding why they why they're doing these things, but I'm loving the matchup that they put together in the main card because all those fights were competitive. There weren't too many knockouts yeah. on that first. I mean, the last five fights, which compared to the, the prelims. There were so many, but it was a good card, top heavy. I'd watch another event again, but they gotta be more, they gotta be a little bit more professional and how they put it together. Yeah, yo, speaking of bare knuckle, did you guys see the clip of uh, of uh Stitch Him Up Joe Schilling? Oh, former God. glory middleweight champion. Uh did you see what happened to him? Did you guys see that peep that video? Yeah, I did. Uh, Fam, Brandon, did I, did I show you that? Send you that, dude. Maybe. This dude was liquored up at the bar, and he picked the wrong one. He tried to jump at this like badass kickboxer MMA fighter, and I've never seen a quicker left hook in my and right hook in my life. It was a short, choppy hook, and he hit this dude with a three-piece combo. And he dude was out, and then he walks casually off, finishes his fucking drink. 
and ends up heading out. It was a crazy fucking scene. B, I'll shoot it over to you, man. Like, so, that so, shit was similar, wild. Similar story, story on the boxing guy. There was a lawyer, maybe on TikTok, that was speaking about his relationship with Freddie Roach. I'm not sure if you saw this or okay. not. But he mentioned no, that a... he first met Freddie Roach back in 2005. Freddie Roach, is, you know, he has polio. He's like a short guy. But, you know, Freddie Roach was a, a beast back in his day. He's an older guy oh, with yeah. polio now. So, I mean, he doesn't look as opposing. And I'm sure he looked a lot better back in 2005. Is that polio so, That's the, that he has? Is, I thought it was something polio. else. Not Parkinson's? Parkinson's? Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but so e- either way, sure. you know, a guy, a guy maybe like 6'3", 250, way bigger than him, like causing issues at the spot he was at and like picks on Fred- Freddie Roach, decides to take a shot at him. And Freddie Roach laid him out, knocked him out. He called the lawyer like, you know, I need some help. I got somebody coming after me. I had a little situation. Yeah, picking the wrong guy. These niggas walking in the street with Parkinson's and all. Dog, lay, you, lay you the fuck out. Lay you the fuck out. Um, real quick, speaking of laying people the fuck out, Guru, uh, there was some other boxing news that I wanted to get on real quick, and uh, I would love for you to go ahead and, and let the people know. Okay, so a couple of things for Guru's Corner today. Number one, this upcoming weekend, one thing I do want to highlight, not a heavy boxing weekend, but you know I'm a big Chris Colbert fan. He will be taking on He's a, a beast. A sneaky good matchup against Tug Nambayar. I'll probably butcher that, but that's what we're going to do. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, Tug Tug Nambayar. They have a a matchup this weekend at 130 pounds on Showtime. Definitely something to look out for. Do not miss that. Actually, I'm not sure if it's on Showtime, maybe on Fox. But yeah, check the lookout for that. Also, this this past weekend, one fight I wanted to highlight that we did not talk about on the show was the undercard on the tank versus Barrios card. And that was Lubin versus Rosario. Rosario taking a knockout to the body. Uh, seems to have just, he's just not good to the body. Maybe it's a vicious weight cut. He probably needs to go up in weight. He needs something, some type of meat on his stomach. Because what he's doing right now is not working. Two back-to-back vicious body shot yeah. knockouts. And with every single fight- He that might be J-Rock, cutting too much weight. That J-Rock lost just looks worse and worse because yeah. this is kind of who we thought he was to begin with. As far as Lubin, hey- Cool. Good win. He, you know, executed the game plan. Lupin has skills, but he's chinny. And uh, to me, there's only so far that chinny fighters can go. I was in the building when Jamel sparked him. He didn't spark him, but he knocked him out. Knocked <laughs> no, him out no, in the he first sparked round. him. Hey, he didn't put him out, but he not, definitely knocked him out in the first round. You know, so I mean, there's only so far. He even got rock uh, Rosario. Rosario is a puncher, but like, if you want to rematch with Jamel Charlo, not yeah, necessarily sure that doesn't. Maybe. Uh, Julian Williams is a good fight. Uh, J. Rod, no, I'm sorry. Is that Julian? Is that Williams? His last name? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Maybe J. Rock is a good fight. Um, maybe Jared Hurd, if he can make it back down to the weight. I don't know. Oh There's a bunch, a bunch of guys at 154 outside the two guys that are going to be fighting for the belt on July 19th, which is right now all that a matters great fight. in the division. So, Fact. yeah, that's it. That's it for Guru's Corner. Chris Colbert this weekend, last week in Rosario and Lubin. Um, yeah, looking forward to a good fight. Shout out to Brooklyn. Good, man. Yeah, that's been a good one. Well, gentlemen, uh, yo, I appreciate you guys, man. This, this was fun. I'm glad we we're able to get it in. You know, Mystic, thank you for joining me on, on you know, our all things boxing. My, my brother, you know, B Cam is always. Thanks for letting me be oh, here. I appreciate you guys. You guys, the minds you guys have in this boxing game, I got you guys get me excited to watch these events. Watch you guys. <laughs> Oh, hey, brother, I appreciate you, man. Like I said, my and don't forget to check out Mystic Black. Mystic, let them know where you're from, man. Let them know where to find you. 
A at Mr. Black MMA, Instagram, YouTube, all that jazz. We got a big event next week. Con McGregor does important part three. Let's go. Let's go. Be cam, brother, as always. Thank you, man. Um, where let the people know where they can find you, man. They can find you on Instagram at BCAM13 with two M's, B-C-A-M-M 13, or on Twitter at BCAM Thanks. Serge, my guy, thank you for having me once again. And uh, I'll see you in two weeks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you have a good trip. Love you guys. This is episode 296 of the greatest combat sports of culture in the entire universe. Fight podcast. Love you guys. Peace.